Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's begin with prayer. Father, I thank you. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Father, let the power of my Lord be great and grant your people repentance. Let the power of my Lord be great and grant your people repentance. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Dole spoke this morning. He said what Paul said. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not afraid to trust in it. I'm not afraid to use it. I'm not afraid to walk in it. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. You need salvation in anything. You need salvation in your body. You need salvation in your wallet, in your checkbook. You need salvation in your heart. You get it through the gospel. That's why I preach the gospel. I'd like you to turn with me to Acts 2. I have been speaking about Jesus going to the cross. A couple weeks ago, I spoke about Jesus, that he was a man, that he had to become a man so that he could die and overcome death. He said the only way to go to overcome death was to die. And as I said before, I said, you can't kill God. So Jesus had to become a man and die. Well, we're going to look at the gospel from a different perspective today. We're going to look at it from our heavenly father's perspective. I want you to turn to Acts 2. I'm going to read from verse 22. This is Peter speaking. You men of Israel, hear these words. Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did, which God did by him in the midst of you. You get that? Who did the miracles? God did. He did them through Jesus. As you yourselves also know, this next verse, him, Jesus, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. I like the way that the New International Version says it. It says, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan. God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. God knew everything that was going to happen to Jesus when he went to the cross, when he was dead, when he was buried, when he rose again. He knew everything. He's the one that determined it. He's the one that set it up. I think in Revelations, it says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. The foundation of the world. Determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 42, verse 1. What our heavenly Father did with Jesus. What? The, man, the God that we serve, our Heavenly Father, Jehovah, did with Jesus. 
Isaiah 40, 42, verse 1. Behold my servant. That's the same words that God used in Isaiah 52 when he was speaking about Jesus. Behold my servant whom I uphold. Whom I uphold. What does Jehovah say about Jesus? I'm going to uphold him. Whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. Do you see Jesus had to have the spirit of God on him? He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break and smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. And look at these next verses. He shall not fail. He shall not fail or be discouraged till he has set judgment in the earth. Why won't he fail? Verse 1, my servant whom I uphold. Jesus was not going to fail. He wasn't. Why? Because the Father was upholding him. He said, and the isle shall wait for his law. Verse 5, thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it. He that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walketh therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee. Will keep thee. The Father knew everything that was going to happen to Jesus. He's the one that set it up. And Jesus wasn't going to fail. He was not going to fail. You say, well, that's obvious. I want us to take a look at a couple things here. Turn with me to Mark 14. When God was showing me Jesus and the Father and how they worked together and how the Father sent Jesus and how Jesus walked as a man, there were a couple things that I saw that absolutely surprised me, but it was very comforting. Mark 14, verse 53 they led Jesus away to the high priest. This is Jesus. Now he has been arrested in the garden, and now they're bringing him before the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests and elders and scribes. Amen. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. 55, and the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death, and they found none. They found none. They found no reason to put him to death. Doesn't that sound typical? For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. Now remember, the foreknowledge, determinate plan of God, Jesus has to go to the cross. He has to. Why does Jesus have to go to the cross? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus had to go to the cross. That was the Father's plan. Now look, witness against Jesus to put him to death, and they found none. They found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. You know what? On Jesus' side, this looks like this might be a way out. It said, and there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. Within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. 
uh-oh, this situation is in the balance. Jesus might have a way out of this. But you know what John says, John 14, Jesus said about himself? He said, the words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. The words that Jesus spoke were not his. He only spoke what the Father told him to speak. He only spoke what the Father told him to speak. And now he's in front of the chief priests and all the scribes and Pharisees, and they can't find two people to have a story straight so they can crucify the guy. But you know what? God doesn't fail. God doesn't fail. Jesus had to go to the cross. Let's look at the next verse. And the high priest stood up in the midst, and he asked Jesus, Answerest thou nothing? What is it that these witness against thee? But he held his peace. Jesus kept his mouth shut. And again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the blessed? And now look what Jesus says. Jesus only speaks what the Father tells him to say. They can't find two people with a lying story that works so they can get this man crucified. So now they ask Jesus, Are you the Christ? Are you the Son of the blessed? Are you the Messiah? And Jesus opens his mouth because the Father tells him to. And what does he say? He says, I am. I am. I am. Jesus is looking at the cross. He needs to go to the cross. Jesus says, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And now look what they say. The high priest rent his clothes and said, What need do we have further witnesses? Because these guys didn't work. We got it out of his own mouth. We got it out of his own mouth. God does not fail. Do you hear me? God does not fail. The determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Jesus is going to the cross. Next one. Go with me to John 19. I'm going to begin in verse 1. And Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. And Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth unto you, that you may know I find no fault in him. Pilate says, I find no fault in him. And then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns. And the purple robe. And Pilate said unto him, Behold the man. Little sidebar there. Notice he said, Behold the man. And the chief priests, and therefore the officers saw him. They cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take you him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And the Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. That's what Jesus said to the high priest. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, notice this, he was the more afraid. He was the more afraid. He didn't want to have anything to do with this guy. Pilate didn't want to have anything to do with this man. You know, his wife and Matthew came to him and said, don't have anything to do with him. I suffered many things in a dream because of him. She said, don't have anything to do with that righteous man. Don't touch him. Now Pilate's got Jesus in front of him. Verse 8, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. 
And he went again under the judgment hall and went to Jesus and said, Whence art thou? Jesus gave him no answer. Jesus kept his mouth shut. Why? He only speaks what the Father tells him to speak. And then Pilate said unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and I have power to release thee? Here's another opportunity for Jesus to get out of this. Another opportunity. But what does Jesus say now? He opens his mouth because the Father has something to say. He said, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given to thee from above. Therefore, he that delivereth unto me has the greater sin. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. Pilate sought to release him. He didn't want Jesus going to the cross. He didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. Notice, Pilate sought to release him. Here's a way for Jesus to get out. But you know what? The determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, God doesn't fail. God does not fail. The word of God never fails. And what did the word of God say? Jesus is going to the cross. He has to for us. So what happens next? Verse 12, and from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out saying, if you let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friends. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate heard therefore that saying, he brought Jesus forth, sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gagatha. And Pilate said, crucify him. He washed his hands, but he said, you can have him. Jesus had to go to the cross because the Father does not fail. Go with me to Isaiah 53, verse 6. The Father doesn't fail. That is a wonderful thing to know, and the Word of God does not fail. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who put the sin on Jesus? When Jesus went to the cross, who put the iniquity and sin, our sin, our iniquity on Jesus? The Father did. Was the Father going to lose Jesus? No. Was Jesus ever going to be out of the Father's control? No, never. Jesus went to hell, but Jesus was never out of the Father's control. Why? Because God doesn't fail. Because the word of God does not fail. And the Father never fails. Never fails. The Father cannot fail. Verse 10. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Father to do this to Jesus. He has put him to grief. The Father is the one that made Jesus sick. Was he going to lose him on that cross? No, never. You know, in Hebrews, it says that Jesus, by the, by the eternal spirit, gave his body as a sacrifice. The eternal spirit. God never lost him. God had to turn his back on him, but he never lost him. Why? The determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God and the scriptures from the foundation of the earth said the man was going to be slain. The man was going to die. The man was going to hell. And the man was going to be raised from the dead. Turn back with me to Acts 2. 
I'm going to read from 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, have you taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God raised up. He never lost him. He never lost him. He never lost control of the situation. God never fails. And the word of God never fails. So why is that so important to us? Why is that so important? That God held Jesus from the moment he was born to the moment he was raised from the dead. Why is it so important that we know that God does not fail ever? Why? Turn with me to Romans 14. You know, Jesus had every sin. He had your sin on him. He had your iniquity on him. He had your perversity on him. But he never lost him. The father never was concerned when he had to turn his back on Jesus that he was going to raise Jesus from the dead. I love it. And I think it's John 11. Jesus, at the one point, he said, I am troubled. My soul is troubled because he knew what was going to happen to him on the cross. He knew it. He could read. And he said, my soul is troubled. And then he looks up to heaven. He looks to the Father. And he says, Father, glorify thy son. And God answers him in front of everybody. And what does the Father say? He said, I both will glorify it and I'll glorify it again. I'm not afraid of what's going to happen to you, Jesus. I know I'm going to raise you from the dead. I know it. The sin of the whole world, and I am not going to lose you. I am not going to lose you in hell. I am able. He does not fail. He never fails. Now, Romans 14, verse 4. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. That's a good thing to read. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Look at this next sentence. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. God is able to make him stand. How do you know God will make you stand? Look what he did with Jesus. The sin of the whole world, he that knew no sin became sin, but the Father never lost him, and he won't lose you. He can't. He can't. You know why? He can't fail. The Word of God and God cannot fail. What is your, the only thing you have to do is believe, is believe. When it doesn't look good, you believe. When it doesn't feel good, you believe. Now, if you're not born again, you need to be. And how are you born again? You are born again by believing that Jesus was raised from the dead. The Father raised him up. And he is Lord of your life. And you shall be saved. 
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.